Welcome. You're listening to the Camino Church Podcast. This is Lessons with Pastor Steve Sellers. Every week, our host will dive deep into scripture, giving you a convenient way to stay in the Word of God. Whether you're mopping your floors on a Saturday morning or sitting on a beach enjoying a well-deserved vacation, we're glad you're here and we're glad you're listening. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to another Camino Church Lessons podcast. Pastor Steve here, producer Riley behind the board, making me sound as decent as she can. Bless her heart. Boy, that first podcast on the first parable of the soils, that was like a whirlwind. I think we uh, zipped through that one. I hope that it was meaningful for you, uh, and I hope that you brought away some truths that help in your reading. Today, we're going to move on. We've got a special guest. I'll introduce her in just a minute, but we're going to be talking about the parable of the wheat and the weeds uh, from Matthew chapter 13, starting in verse 24. I hope that you did take the opportunity to read that. This is another great kingdom of, of heaven parable. Uh, and as I mentioned with us today, we have Cassandra O'Neill. Oh my gosh. Welcome, Cassandra. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Glad to be here. Well, we're glad you're here. I'm excited about Cassandra being here. She's the first guest in this series trying to bring some different voices, uh, and Cassandra has a voice. She's got a, all kinds of voice. Uh, to capture who she is in just a minute is impossible, but let me give you some highlights of Cassandra. Cassandra is on staff at Camino Church. She is the Minister of Ministries, right? Yes, Shepherding sir. the shepherds. I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. Uh, she is also an instructional designer at Camino University, where she works hard on developing trainings that can be used uh, online for staff and for the congregation, right? Uh, and she is probably most known, though, uh, as the uh, passionate worship leader for Camino Church. Man, she is, she's on that stage. She is in the spirit. She is in worship. Uh, and drives our praise and worship uh, time on Sunday morning. So we're excited that she is here. She received her bachelor's degree in biblical studies from the Queen City Bible College in Charlotte, graduated summa cum laude. I'm impressed. See, I just impressed myself. <laughs> there you go. See, see, you graduated summa cum laude. I graduated, thank the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't think I've summed anything in my life. So I'm glad you did. She is a very intelligent young lady. Uh, she is married to Mark. Uh, they have two adult children, Kiara and Jaron. And they, she has two granddaughters, Victoria and Jade. Uh, yeah. she has a, she's got a, a, an active, big, busy family. Uh, and we're grateful that she is such a good uh, mentor to them. Uh, Cassandra is also a worship consultant. She is a songwriter. She is an award-winning actress and an international recording artist. <laughs> My goodness, I, I feel like I should have red carpeted this thing for you today um, no. in the presence of greatness, but she is humble. Trust me, Cassandra and I work together every day, uh, and she is an amazing, wonderful woman. She has written uh, authored a 30-day devotional entitled Our Day-to-Day Faith. Check it out. Uh, it is an amazing set of devotionals that come from her heart. Uh, and as if she had other time when she's not doing all of that, uh, she likes to crochet. 
Uh, and in the fall and winter months, she spends a lot of her time, her free time, making scarves, blankets, pillows, and more. My goodness. That's right. You get a blanket, you, you get, get a blanket. <laughs> <laughs> she is the Oprah of crocheting. I like that. I don't know where you find your time, but you've got more hours in the day than I do. Uh, but I am very grateful, Cassandra, that you could make time to be with us today. Thank you, Pastor Steve. Uh, we have these great parables that we're going through, um, and uh, we're going to do a quick run through the wheat and the weeds. Uh, I encourage you to study deeper folks into this thing. It's a fantastic parable about the growth of the kingdom in current times. Uh, and then once we do that quick read, Cassandra, you and I are going to kind of uh, talk through some questions uh, uh, and we'll get Cassandra's perspective uh, on this parable. So let's let's go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, this uh, parable follows the parable of the soils. And you're, what you're seeing here and how Matthew has framed this is you're seeing movement, right? The parable of the soils talked about the scattering of the seeds uh, and what soil receives it and what soil does not. Now he moves into basically once the soil has received the seed, what happens in that growth? Um, and this is, again, we're talking to this huge crowd. Jesus is on a boat on the sea, and they're on the shoreline. Um, and instead of talking about the actual sowing, he is juxtaposing the two different things or the things that happen after the sowing is done. Uh, so let's start right there in verse 24 of Matthew 13. It says, He put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field. So you already know that it's, it's a kingdom parable. This is a realized eschatology. The kingdom is now because it's talking about sharing the word now. And this landowner uh, has sown good seed. That's important, right? Because the seed is the word of God. God sows good seed through Jesus Christ and through us. Verse 25, but while everybody was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So we know that in this case, the evil one comes when no one's looking or cannot pay attention. Sowed weeds, that word in the Greek, there is no word for, that translates weed like that. It's actually a transliteration of the Greek word if you go back and look at the oldest translations of Zizanian. Uh, which we don't know what it is, but it may be a type of weed at that time. Uh, Modern-day scholars think it was the weed called Darnell, and that's important because uh, we'll talk about it later. That weed, when it is young, looks like wheat, right? right? So we'll, we'll touch on that later. Verse 26, So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? He answered, an enemy has done this. The slave said to him, then do you want us to go and gather them? They want to kind of glean that stuff right now. But he has an interesting reply. He replied, no, for in gathering the weeds, you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest. And as harvest time... I will tell the reapers, collect the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat 
into my barn. <clears throat> now let's take a quick look at about two or three things here, uh, and then we will we will uh, talk about some of these questions with uh, Cassandra. So um, in a book by Roberts called The Oriental Illustrations of the Sacred Scriptures, he states uh, that this nocturnal evil deed that happens would occur in this way. And this is, a, this is not a, a metaphor. This is a literal accounting of how evil is sown in fields. So this is a real story. Jesus isn't making this up. He's using a real story from their common life as an illustration to explain the kingdom, right? And, and Robert says this, a man wishing to do his enemy an injury watches for the time when he has finished plowing the field. And in night, he goes into the field and scatters what Robert calls is a pig daddy weed. Never heard of a pig daddy. Pig daddy. Yeah, I've heard of <laughs> Mac daddy, daddy and big daddy, daddy but weed. not pig daddy. So Robert says, this being a rapid growth weed, it springs up before the good seed and scatters itself around before the other can be reaped. So the poor owner of the land uh, will be years away from getting rid of this troublesome weed. So very interesting description by Roberts of how this weed worked. And again, he thinks it's kind of a darnel, which is actually a poisonous plant, by the way, uh, that looks a lot like the wheat related to the wheat. In verse 26, uh, when, when Matthew mentions uh, the plants that come up and bore grain, he says, then the weeds appeared as well. He uses a different word. He actually uses a word that is much more like the word grass, um, and it's not just that it's a, 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 um, a different or a generic weed. It's a weed, as we mentioned, that looks just like the wheat. Right? And again, this is describing true believers and false believers who are growing up at the same time, right? not just mm -hmm. in the church but in the world, um, and that it is hard to distinguish the two until, until a later time. This is, I think this is, is key to our understanding because a lot of people expect Jesus to make an announcement that immediately divides the world. And in this parable, he's saying, no, no, no. It's going to stay in place for a while. Division comes later. There's no need to create it now. Uh, it is fascinating. Uh, in verse 27, the, the uh, slaves ask this odd question. Did, didn't you plant the good stuff? Right? And, and we go, well, now, why would the slaves say that? Well, probably the slaves didn't do the planting. They surely didn't buy the seed. Uh, he would have had someone else buy the seed, or the owner would have bought the seed, right, and, and may have bought seed on the market, or they may have taken seed from last year right, and, and replanted it. So, uh, but it's a great point because the question then becomes, what's the purpose of the quality of the seed? Right, so let's you know what. Let's go ahead and let's stop for a moment because okay. this is one of our questions, right? Um, what clearly this question matters. Otherwise, it doesn't get asked. We've talked about Cassandra that parables are very efficient. There's no uh, extra. Everything matters. So, what might the lesson be about growing or sowing good seed? You got any thoughts on that? I, I think. And I believe in life we all we have the choice what type of seed we're going to sow. Mm. Um, we're going to sow good seed or bad seed, and it's in our actions or our words. Mm -hmm. We do it every day. Let's just pretend, okay? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let's do it. If you came to work to the office one day and you just are feeling down 
And if if that has happened, you hide it well. We well now, <laughs> now come on now. We know we know it's happened. You, you're being gracious, but now, so let's say on one of those days when I do come to work and I'm not on my game, right? And I see that maybe you're in a vulnerable state, then I would come and I would sow seeds of encouragement. Mm. I would remind you of how our relationship as brother and sister in Christ, how that has impacted my life, how the teachings and the things that you share causes me to think, how I can see God has a plan for your life and even greater things down the road in store for you. Mm -hmm. So those seeds of encouragement that I'm sowing, I don't see the immediate result, but you may say, thank you, Cassandra. I, I needed to hear that today. All right. So when I take the time and, and I sow those seeds into you at that moment, I may not see the results, as I said, at that moment. But I think later on as you are going through the day and you're thinking about the time that I took to come to you mm -hmm. in that moment, that maybe now you view me as a person that can be trusted with your feelings, mm. that maybe I would become a person that if you need a boost, you think, Cassandra, mm -hmm. <laughs> I won't see it immediately, but later on, I, our relationship goes to another level because mm -hmm. now you you have a different view of me. Absolutely. So that's a great, great perspective, right? So, and I hear two things in that. One, one of which you know, we were leading right into is that we are all responsible for sowing good seed. Yes. Because the more good seed that we sow, the greater the chance of the harvest. But I want, I want to take it kind of extended a little bit, if you don't mind, because I, I'm, I'm hearing you say this too, and that is much like this particular, particular weed, this Darnell weed, and wheat when it's small, you don't know what's good and what's bad. Can't. Right? So that being the case, why not, this analogy doesn't quite line up, but you, I think you'll get the idea, why not keep throwing good seed? Why not continue to encourage? Because something that may be beginning to grow as a weed can become wheat at some point. Now, what we know statistically, or we've talked about this, Cassandra, what we know statistically is you know, 60% of all people who come to Christ do it by age 13, 80% yep. by age 18. Mm -hmm. But you got 20%. You got one in five who come as an adult. So instead of what these slaves want to do instead of go ahead and pull in that weed when it's small, nourish it. Right. Right. Do, yep. do you hear that in yes. there? Right. Yep. And and I don't know if you've ever had that experience where you weren't sure about someone, but you kept nurturing them. Yes. Right? I've, I've had that experience even as a worship leader um, at a previous church, having to deliver the same message to each one of them knowing that some are getting it, some aren't getting it. And the ones that they I'll put it this way, everybody looked like we were all on the same, same page. page. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just when things seem to get tougher, when more responsibility was now expected of mm -hmm. each of them, then you could begin to see some growing, some not. And then when it was time for the harvest, so to speak, where we go out to do what we're supposed to do. I, what I failed to say is in the beginning, as we were creating this team, mm -hmm. we had our people that came and wanted to be on the team. Now we're going, we're, we're feeding, giving water, giving 
like sowing seeds. And as the they began to grow spiritually, and now we're ready to put this team out. The 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 wheat grew stronger, ready to be put into action. Where the weeds or the tear, as the King James calls it, mm -hmm. um, is not flourishing. It's not doing what it should do. Right. So right. the pastor at that time was the, <laughs> the harvester. He mm -hmm. was the reaper. So he was able to make that decision. This is the team. These will not not be a part of the team. But part of your role, though, was to continue to feed them, yes. regardless of right. And And as you said early on, and this this goes back to to that first parable we did in the last podcast about parable of the soils, uh, because you don't know what's going to grow, you got to keep feeding it. Right. And then as it begins to grow in today's parable, it everything looks alike, right? Which yep. in our culture, uh, in in this particular culture we live in in this country, that's easy because. All of us look a little bit like the culture we live in, whether that's good or bad. Right. Right? And so you keep feeding it. And now that takes us into another question that I wanted to talk about because we're, I mean, this is kind of blending right together. Um, what, what this landowner tells his slaves is, now is not the time for the harvest. We're going to do that later, which means that they would have to take care of the whole field. Right? Yes. They don't get to split the field up mm -hmm. in how they care for it. They're not dropping fertilizer in one place and not the other, not watering one, not the other. Right. They're caring for the whole thing. That's what I'm hearing you say. I'm hearing you yeah. say what you did was you treated everybody as if they were going to be wheat. Right. And, and, and your job was not to begin to pre-select them out no. before the landowner's harvest. So so let's, let's just make that real kingdom yes. real quick, right? Our role in life is to feed the land. That's it. Right? God's going God's to gonna decide when it's time to harvest, right? Yes. Because we are unable to actually tell which is which. Now, he did say in, in the Bible, talking about false prophets, you will know them by their fruit. But when mm -hmm. it comes to believer, believer, or believer, non-believer, by sight, can't do it. We can't do it. That the that that plant or the tear that mm. looks like the wheat. It's said that it looks like it in early stages, and even as it starts to grow, it looks even more and more like the wheat. Only the reaper will be able to do know the difference. And usually, we look with our own preferences mm. and biases. Mm -hmm. You know, if you look like me, talk like me, act like me, think like me, then you're good. Because I'm good. Mm -hmm. But yeah. that's not what the Father does. So, yes, we are. our job is to disciple. We're supposed to sow the seeds. That's what we do. We're sowing the seeds of the gospel, sowing the seeds of God's love, sowing the seeds of hope. That's what we're supposed to do. And the Father will come and he will do the dividing because we don't know who is going to receive it, that doesn't stop us from doing what we're supposed to do. Right. We drop the seeds and it falls into good soil and it springs up and does what God has given, as intends for it to do. That's, what I'm saying is that's God's job to 
through the separating and the judging, our job is to sow the seed and believe God for the harvest. And, and don't you think, I, I think that's a great, great perspective of it, Cassandra, because, um, you know, like you said, and Paul says, you know, everything now we look through glass dimly or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. We don't see things as they are. Even even as believers, we don't yep. fully see things as they are. So we really don't have the capacity, in my opinion, to to make a final judgment, a harvesting judgment. No. Should we be discerning? Absolutely. Yes, sir. We should be discerning. But we don't we don't get to make the final final judgment of harvesting. Only God can do that. So so would you agree with me or not that that actually takes some pressure off of us? Why not go ahead and live my life to the fullest? Let me treat everybody as if they're going to be wheat at some point and quit quit trying to do this, this judging that separates people, that we put them in categories. It almost, and, and this is just a personal opinion, Cassandra, but jump in after this. You know, I believe that our culture has infiltrated our faith far too much. Yes, sir. And so we now have a culturalized Christianity that actually encourages us to uh, on, on, on extreme ideologies to split people when really we should be trying to, to bring all people together under the flag of the kingdom, right? What do you think? I agree with that, and here's why. Um, because... If you look at yourself, you're not always sowing good seeds. You're not always. Mm -hmm. So if we go and try to pull up, let's just say we try to pluck up the bad weeds that are the result of the bad seeds that we've sown, we're doing just that, trying to split ourselves, and that doesn't work, or we're trying to split people. Mm -hmm. God's will is for us to grow together. You've got evil in the world you've got righteousness in the world but you know what else you got bad in the church and you got good in the church mm -hmm. we're we're there together hearing the same messages singing and worshiping along to the same songs which god that's his desire for us to to gather together a person can be won over by our actions they can be won over by our lifestyle we can never say oh you're not like me or you don't believe like me so you don't need to be here However, how else are they going to hear the word? We have to be the ones to share the word, not just saying it has to happen in the church. I, I want to double back if it's okay. I yeah. agree with the relief that I don't have to do that. That's I don't have to worry about trying to separate myself from from any other people or keep people away from me that I feel that are not like me. Mm -hmm. I can imagine that those laborers, those slaves, when he said, "No, don't worry about it. <laughs> Let mm -hmm. them grow together," they were like, "Who? Yeah, because I really." Wasn't looking forward to that. <laughs> I, I really wouldn't be able to tell if this is the weed or is this the this the weed. Is uh, I you know, and then we just jerk it all up. Mm -hmm. I can imagine the relief of I don't have to be out here toiling in the in this hot sun doing mm -hmm. this. I'll leave it to the master who knows best. Yeah. So, I don't know if I answered that question. No, that's but good. That was burning. No, no, that's good, and 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 I appreciate it. Your your comment about there are good and bad in the church. Some that may feel painful to our listeners, but let me tell you what that is real kingdom talk right there. Yes, sir. Not everybody in the church 
uh, is in for the right reason, nor do they have a deep and abiding faith yet. Right. And maybe they will. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to keep. Let me tell you something else. This one uh, thought about this too when you were talking about having to uh, pluck the weeds out from the wheat and how difficult it would be. Um, I read in, in, in some of the study, and I came across an article that said in the first century, uh, some of the weeds, especially if the wheat and the weeds were thick together, Intertwine those the, roots. The roots, yeah, the roots mm-hmm. would tie in. And if so, if you pulled actual weed, you may pull wheat with it. Right. Right? And you so can you hear God saying, people, people, just stop, right? Yeah. Quit doing that because every wheat matters. <laughs> I like that. All right. Yeah, every every wheat, wheat matters. <laughs> so I love it. I love it very much. So as we continue to go through this parable, I, I want to highlight one thing real quickly. This okay. won't take but a second. And then I want to get to another question okay. that I think is really good. When, when the weeds are pulled, when they're finally harvested, they're bundled up and they're thrown in the fire. Now, it would be easy to go ahead and say and make the, make the connection of, Okay, they're, th- they're thrown into hell, that fiery furnace where they burn forever. But let's understand, that is not in view in this parable. This no. is a kingdom parable, right. not a, a kingdom of God, not a kingdom of hell parable. And I think it's important to understand, and we've talked about this when we overviewed parables, know the, know the context, know the culture. Right. The culture was you pulled the weeds, you bundled them up, and then you built a fire with them to burn them up and to feed other things that needed fire. Mm-hmm. So it's not that that he's. this is a, a parable about hell. I'm not saying those weeds don't go to hell. I'm just saying that's not what Jesus that's is saying. That's not what he's saying here. Yeah, it's not in view. So we get to the end of this parable, right? And, and, and you know the one big theological takeaway is God is the harvester, not us. Right. We need to feed. <laughs> He'll decide when to pull it. But once we get done with this, we have this time that passes before Jesus explains this parable. And he inserts two other parables, an intercalation or a Marcan sandwich, like we've talked about in the past. This is great. And you've got the parable of the mustard seed and the parable of the leaven, right? These two little things that are hard to see that grow the kingdom. What, what, do you, what do you think is going on here with this insertion of these two before Matthew comes back to explain the primary parable? So he shares with us these three parables, three different stories, and it, um, I noticed that there was a pattern. You know, there mm-hmm. was a few similarities in each of the stories. The first one includes the farmer that goes mm-hmm. out and he plants a seed, and then the second one is about the little mustard seed that must be put in the ground, mm-hmm. and then it will slowly begin to grow. And then the third one was about the woman who puts leaven into flour, and then she starts to work. What I've noticed, and as I was studying it, that what I believe he wants us to get is that the kingdom or the growth in the kingdom is a process. It takes Mm. time. Mm -hmm. It's nothing that happens instantaneously. So there's a lot of waiting. Mm -hmm. That's what I got out of it. And typically um, what I believe in many ways, our lives are shaped by how we wait. Amen on that. (laughs) We have to wait. It causes for patience and persistence. Um, and I was reading the blog, and I was like, if that is not us today, that most of us believers now, we don't want to wait for anything. We think mm-hmm. two-day shipping is too long. <laughs> Somebody get Amazon to kick it up right. or not. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and that's why we got the drones now. 
Oh, you can have it at your house in an hour with a drone delivering it. Mm. I see him saying that the kingdom of God, that it is a process, it, the growth, you're not going to see it. The kingdom is here, mm -hmm. but it's not yet now. It's not yet time for the harvest. Mm -hmm. We have to continue to, to dwell together, continue to do what God has called us to do as believers, sow these seeds. I have to keep saying that, but then wait, mm -hmm. wait for the harvest. Mm. But while we're waiting, we're still continuing to serve and disciple and do. Mm -hmm. I love that. So, so, uh, so, what you're saying is, is that we have a, an Amazon faith. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. We want to order up some results. We need them in two days. That's right. We're gonna track it on our phone. By the way, we're gonna know where you are in your faith. And then when it don't get delivered, we're canceling that, that order. <laughs> I call it. Yeah, where's love, the postage? Return postage. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's you know God's timing is is perfect. We believe that as as Christians, and that. Um, our timing is not so perfect, no. uh, and and that waiting is the hardest part. Um, I am such a believer, and it's hard for me, so I don't want to be hypocritical. I'm such a believer in the power of silence. You you have a conversation with someone, and you throw in five seconds of silence, and you watch that person squirm because we can't deal with it. No, mm -mm. All right? we our brains are overstimulated, uh, and so our faith maybe is overstimulated. We need to bring that back into a, again, we talked about this in the previous podcast. God does not have a quantity of salvations that are attached to you nor me. What he's asked is that we live a life of faith, that everyday evangelism. And I think that's what you're saying with that process, right? The other things I like about um, the mustard seed and, and the leaven analogy, because I think what, as you've already referred to, the reason this intercalation is there is it's it's to build depth to the parable of the wheat and the tares, right? Yeah. Matthew's put these in there. Jesus may not have taught these in this order, but Matthew puts them in there because he's trying to create depth. And I think part of what he is saying is, uh, and this is just my take on it, especially with the leaven, is first of all, don't expect things to happen quickly, just like you've talked about. And don't expect big things to make the changes, right? The leaven that is, and and leaven. We you know, some translations say yeast. That's not correct. I mean, it makes sense. Yeast still makes sense, but but you know you know the difference between leaven and yeast. Yeast is that is that active um, uh, bio powder, whatever you put. But but leaven is a piece of the bread that you saved from the last baking. And it's still active, and you put it in the dough, and it's just a little bit. The dough's much bigger, mm -hmm. but it impacts the dough to create the kingdom, right? right? So a little bit goes a long way, and you don't see it working. Can I get an amen on humble Christianity? Come on, I'm giving you a high five on that one. Because <laughs> we're missing all that in this culture, right? Because none, none of everybody wants to be famous, and right. you know, here we are on the podcast. And quite honestly, we want people to listen, right? But I think we can say we want people to listen. Because we think we have truth. Yes. Right? So I want to add those two to that. And I want to say thank you for being here. Gosh, this was, this was, this was what, I, so you got to come back because I know we just get warmed up. We just get warmed up. We got some other stuff to do. So we're going to get you back in here at some point in time. Thank hey, you, folks, man. thank you for joining us. Thanks for Cassandra for being here. Thanks for Riley for making us sound like we got a clue what we're doing. That's always awesome. And for next 
podcast, we're going to begin looking at the loss and redemption parables, focusing on Luke 15. This is going to be really good because this series that Luke puts together in Luke 15 are amazing. And we will hit on all three and we'll lean hard into the parable of the prodigal son, the loving father, the jealous brother. It's going to be great. And I hope you'll come back and join us. Read that chapter before you listen to the next podcast. And until then, let's stay in the word and let's keep this journey going together. Thanks. Thank you for tuning into Lessons with Pastor Steve Sellers. Check back soon on all podcasting platforms for the next available episode. This series is produced by Riley Moncrief for Camino Church. To learn more about our church, like us on Facebook at Camino Church or visit us online at CaminoChurch.com. We'll see you next time.